The next morning, the sun shines brightly through the windows onto a large central table in a beautiful, ornate room. I've gathered you all in the command center today to say- Whoa, this is really, really fucking nice in here. Why haven't we ever got to use this room before? You give us most of your briefings in your car. Well, there's only one set of keys to this room, and all of us commanders have to coordinate and ask for the keys ahead of time. And we have a big email thread for it, and sometimes I just forget to do it in advance, and it's a whole thing. It's like a bureaucratic thing, and eventually it's just easier to meet in my car. Also, I know it's pretty early and I did some drinking last night, but if I throw up, it's not because of the drinking. It is because I am a dog, okay? Me too. If I throw up, it's not from the whole bottle of hypnotic that I snuck into the dance and chugged in the bathroom by myself. It's because I'm a dog. <laughs> also, I'm only wearing a towel, not because I messed my clothes up already, but because I sincerely thought that a single towel was going to be our new uniform. Does anyone else want to say some excuses for things that haven't happened yet before we begin? If my eyes look like I was up crying all night, it's actually just that I'm getting older and look more like shit than I did yesterday. I have a foot thing, so I have an excuse for that as well. And what's the excuse? I just said my excuse. I have a thing on my foot. No, we're, we're all lying about it. He... He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Let's just keep moving on. As of this moment, we are unable to touch the real mastermind behind Dr. Insane Einstein's work, a one Mr. Bengoshi Akuma. He is not part dog, so we do not have any authority as dog catchers to apprehend him at this time. What we need is time to gather some information and see just what exactly Bengoshi Akuma is planning. We know very little about him. But what we do know is his name, the fact that he has horns, the fact that he is a very famous animal rights lawyer, and exactly where his law office is. Other than that, we got nothing. I just googled him, and uh, he's really famous. <laughs> also, there's a job opening at his law office for a clerk. In this economy? I hope he staffs up soon. This is an employer's market. No, I was thinking, like, uh, maybe I could apply for the job. But you're a dog catcher? You'll never make it in that world. What do you know about law? Well, I just think we should spy on him and learn about him is all. Yeah, I'll apply. I know a lot about the law of the jungle. An animal rights lawyer probably does have a lot of cases about the law of the jungle, where many animals live and work. I already applied. I applied before you guys told me not to. You guys are dumber than me, and I wanted to apply and be the person doing it, so I did it. You guys were about to talk and talk until you came up with some stupid plan. Rash is wearing a towel right now, and Rex is throwing up in his sleeve trying to hide it from us. Be that as it may, the law office of a dangerous villain is no place for a rookie dog catcher. Are you sure you're up to the task? Let's just say, when I'm done with them, the defendant will be found guilty. Huh? What does that mean? Like, I guess I meant that Bengoshi is the defendant, and I will prove his guilt, or whatever. Uh, while she does that subplot, maybe we could do, like, a more fun subplot? Uh, Rex, are there any wet t-shirt contests in Tokyo that need to be judged by dog catchers? I don't think anything like that has ever existed. Okay, so our subplot is we go buy a bunch of wet t-shirts and have our own contest. Why would we buy wet t-shirts? We could just buy dry t-shirts and make them wet after the girls put them on. If. Big if. Because we probably won't follow through on this plan. 
I just am trying to understand what you mean. It's a wet t-shirt contest. You know what it is. The girls try to wriggle around and put on those wet t-shirts because it's so hard. Because it's clingy. And the shirt is wet and they're too slippery. So it's hot because it's a stage full of women struggling with some cheap clothes. Oh, I got an email back already. They want to interview at four o'clock. Because they are used to putting on the shirts dry, so when they put them on wet, on a stage in front of a massive audience, no less, of gawking men, you know, they get nervous and it becomes quite difficult. And the whole time you're trying to cover your breasts with this silly shirt. So it's kind of like a win-win for everybody, but mostly me. Hmm, that's really soon. I'll need to do some research. I know. I'll have a quick word with Dr. Insane Einstein in the dungeon. Hey, Rex, do you have any more towels? I've been using this one for an hour and it's yellow. Primrose gathers her stuff and heads out of the office. She makes her way down to the creaky, leaky dungeon in the bottom of the high school or tower or whatever we said this was. Uh, who goes there? Hello, Dr. Insane Einstein. I trust they're treating you well here in the dungeon? As far as dungeons go, I do have to admit, not bad. Not bad at all. The accommodations have been... adequate. I still would humbly request some lab equipment for my jail cell. Even though Inutaro defeated me with his mighty car, I still need to complete my research. Why would we give you lab equipment to do research with? Isn't that why this whole thing started? It's not for me. It's all for my precious baby boy. The joy of my life. The fruit of my loins. My bouncing strong boy. He was only 26 when he was tragically frozen. You don't need to worry about your son. We've got him safely locked up in the freezer next to the corn dogs. Uh, what sort of freezer do you have? A Kenmore. No, I mean for my boy, you know, my son. Uptown Schizo is his name. I chose it. Did you replace the saline replacing his blood and his body? Did you have to bring him out of hypothermia? Is he fully frozen or did you lower his heart rate to around one beat per minute? We put him in there with some of those gel packets you find in a new shoe. I'm sure he can figure out the rest. Also, if you see the freezer, just check to see if it's a little open. Rash put a bunch of ice cream sandwiches in there that he found after they fell off a truck. The ice cream part kind of mixed with the chocolate bread part, so you have to eat them really quick. There's a huge mess everywhere. But we put a heavy box on the freezer so it stays shut most of the time. Did you come here to tell me that my son is stuffed haphazardly into a freezer? Or did you have something else you wanted to say? Whoa, nice transition. Yeah, I got a whole other thing. I'm going to be spying on your old boss, Bengoshi Akuma. Do you have any tips? Anything dangerous I should watch out for? Depends. Maybe you could make it worth my while. Primrose hands Dr. Einstein a $5 bill. I mean, a 500 yen thing through the bars. Look, this is what you need to know about Akuma's law firm. It's hard work, but there is a real career in it. Put your nose to the grindstone and try hard and pay attention. A good kid like you, what, you gonna be a dog catcher all your life? Why not stop goofing around with your friends and make some real cash? If that's not your thing, lots of rich guys in that industry, you could probably find a husband, you know? Someone who isn't a dog catcher for a living. But what do I know? I'm just a mad scientist. But I tell you what, I had a chance when I was 19. I could have joined the Merchant Marines instead of being a mad scientist. 
I wonder if I'd be in jail now if that had happened. Uh, but the heart wants what it wants. That's it? There's no evil secret or anything? Nah, I mean, he's an animal rights lawyer. He saves the lives of animals each and every day and tries his hardest. He's like an anime character in terms of trying his hardest, but he actually has the real job of being a lawyer instead of some made-up shit like Ninja or Super Saiyan. But if he's that good of a guy, why fund you? Why commission a bunch of mutant super-powered dogs? Eh, don't worry about all of that. Listen, you're a good kid, so I'll give you one word of advice. You should wear more makeup. Really cake it on. You're starting to sound like a dickhead. I'm going to get out of here. I got nothing out of this. Emotionally, strategically, nothing. Eh, could you grab me an ice cream sandwich from the freezer on your way out? Primrose walks to the dungeon freezer and grabs a single ice cream sandwich. She throws it on the ground in front of his cell and doesn't close the freezer when she walks upstairs. Oh, come on! I can't reach the sandwich! But you knew that! You did that on purpose! And you also left the freezer open and my son's ankle is gonna thaw! Come on! At the same time, we see Inutaro on the quad of the Dogcatcher campus, waiting for Rex, who pulls up in his 1998 Chevy Astro, which has a big decal of the cast of Frasier on it, because it was used to promote season 5 of Frasier back in the 90s. Rex-sensei. Frasier-san. Yo, Inutaro, what's Glad you could make it for today's special training. I must hone my skills as a dog catcher now that I have declared my intentions to be the number one in the world. That's right. Thanks for summing it up so succinctly. You know how you've spent all these years catching dogs? Well, I thought you should try catching something else to improve your abilities. Now tell me, what's something you can catch but never throw? Uh, a cold? No, I was thinking of a cat, because if you threw it, it would scratch you. Were you trying to do a riddle? Oh, no. No, no, of course not. I was just asking a question. You're blushing really hard. For a dog. I bet you thought it was a really good riddle. Whatever. Rex pulls a lever on the back of the 1998 Chevy Astro that was used by a guy who drove around Japan, I guess, and just promoted the show Frasier, which is in English and is only shown in America. Anyway, he pulls the lever and dozens of fluffy little kitty cats go flying out in every direction. Your job is to catch all these cats, and your time starts now. Remember when Niles got the parrot, and I think it died or something? Sorry, I got distracted by your van. Anyway, I'm gonna use my net to catch these cats. Ah, but that's where you're wrong. You must learn the two-hand something technique. A true dog catcher needs only the tools of his body and mind to catch. This technique was invented by a legendary dog catcher named Doug something. I don't know, great guy though. What's the technique? Just use two hands. I don't remember. He was a crazy dog catcher that wanted to catch cats. I'm a dog, by the way. I'm kind of out of my element running this thing. I'm going to go up to my office and watch videos of squirrels on YouTube and bark at them. Let me know when you catch all the cats. Rex turns around to walk away, leaving Inutaro alone in the quad with a bunch of fluffy kitty cats. Most have scattered around, but a few have shown interest in Inutaro and are rubbing on his leg. Interesting behavior. This should be easy. Inutaro reaches down to pick up the cat rubbing on his leg. 
As he raises it up in the air, it rears back and bites his hand. Out of pure adrenaline and instinct, he throws the cat into the air as high as he can until it disappears into a little twinkle in the sky. Need to tone down my battle instincts. Rex would get pissed if I killed all these cats on accident. Inutaro goes into a feel-good but training-hard montage. He catches cat after cat, doing all kinds of cute kitty stuff. They are rolling on their backs. They are making biscuits. They are climbing into trees. And Inutaro is snagging them all and throwing them in what I will now refer to as the Fraser car from now on. Also, he is placing each kitty into a cute little basket before putting it in the van. And each one gets a bow on the neck, too. The amount of cats in the big quad dwindles down slowly until there are only three cats left. <laughs> Just three to go. Rex sticks his head out of a third-story window. Oh, forgot to tell you. That's Fluffy-san, Mitten-san, and Whiskers-san. They are the three cats that are legendary in this part of Tokyo for their elusiveness. How did you get them in the van? They thought it sounded fun. Hmm. Maybe I'd be a better dog catcher if I thought it was fun. Did you hear me about how it sounded fun to them? Yeah. I'm going to try to catch them now. I was just thinking. Okay. Bye. Rex slides his window closed and goes back to barking at his computer. And then Mitten-san says, Meow. Okay. I'm going to try to catch you now. Give me the best you have. Inutaro hits a power pose and holds it as you see power crackling around him. Uh, I'm coming for you with everything I've got. The camera zooms in on Inutaro's face and the crazed look he has in his eye. He looks tremendously powerful and he's doing that thing where as a guy you have that muscle. What's it called? The pectoral muscle. He's doing the thing with his pectoral muscle where it is bouncing up and down. Not sure if he is trying to be intimidating or cool or if it just happens naturally. But Inutaro is gaining a tremendous amount of power. However, Mitten-san and his friends are not threatened. They're licking their paws and yawning. Ah! Inutaro dashes toward the cat so quickly that you cannot see him move. He inverts his body upside down and reaches for Mitten-san. His hand seems to hang in mid-air for a moment, and as his fingers clamp down, Mitten-san is already gone. What? Inutaro hits the dirt and rolls to a stop. The cats glance over for a mere moment, but then go back to being cute. Inutaro gets up and dusts himself off and sees blood on his hand. Blood? I don't remember a cat scratching me. The camera pans over the back of Inutaro's neck that has three scratch lines going down it. This is going to be tougher than I thought. Cut to Rash walking inside of a Tokyo clothing store. He immediately walks straight to the counter. I need 20 wet t-shirts. We have 20 shirts, but... You'd have to wet them yourself. I'll take my business elsewhere. Meanwhile, at the law offices of Bengoshi Akuma, Primrose sits down for her interview with the head clerk, Ultima Obachan. Hello and welcome, Primrose. I am the head clerk at this law firm, Ultima Obachan. Wow, that's kind of intense. For your parents to name a baby Ultima and also Grandma? I got picked on a lot for about 70 years, but it all paid off in the end. Anyway, it's okay that I'm intense, because this is an intense firm. Are you sure you have what it takes to compete at this level? Uh-huh, yeah. We will see, young one. We will see. Hmm. For example, what would you do if an attorney, who is a partner, by the way, asked you for a file on a client? 
Well, I would use my skills to ascertain the location of the file and promptly place it on the lawyer's desk or their email inbox. We see a split screen that shows Primrose's eyes on the top half and Ultima's eyes on the bottom half, but the line dividing them is tilted at an angle. You know what I mean? Because it seems more action-packed that way. That one was easy. I assure you. Ultima Obachan's white hair begins to flow behind her as if a current of wind has just picked up and she tightens her grip on her pen. The following questions will not be so easy to parse. Ultima Obachan, she appears to be more than meets the eye. I must be ready. Now, oh, this question pertains to the lawful importation of live dogs into Tokyo. If you are looking at section 2148 of the Animal Rights Law and all that contained therein, would paragraph 1C apply? <laughs> I'll admit, this is no easy question. A wind blows through the office and Primrose stands from her seat and clenches her fists. Paragraph 1C shall not apply to the lawful importation of a dog into the city of Tokyo from the British Isles, Australia, Guam, or New Zealand in compliance with the applicable regulations of the city of Tokyo and the other requirements of this section. If the dog is not transported out of the city of Tokyo for purposes of resale at less than six months of age, Primrose answers so correctly and so succinctly that a wave of power erupts as she finishes her last word. White-pink energy thrusts forward and knocks papers and books off of Ultima Obachan's desk, tossing them all around the room. Uh, 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 incredible. I've never seen such power from one who has not even become a clerk yet. <laughs> Go on. I'm ready for the next question. An enormous drop of sweat forms on Ultima Obachan's forehead. This one shows promise. I must ask her the hardest law clerk question of all time. Once upon a time, a law clerk went to court and found a lawyer, a defendant, and an admission of guilt. On the way home, the law clerk came to the bank of a river and rented a boat. But in crossing the river by the boat, the law clerk could carry him only himself in a single one of the people and or items. The lawyer, the defendant, or the admission of guilt. If left unattended together, the lawyer would sue the defendant or the defendant would sign the admission of guilt. The law clerk's challenge was to carry himself and the people and item to the far bank of the river leaving each one intact. How did he do it? <gasps> the first step must be to take the defendant across the river, as any other will result in the defendant being sued or the admission of guilt being signed. When the law clerk returns to the original side, he has the choice of taking either the lawyer or the admission of guilt across next. If he takes the lawyer across, he would have to return to get the admission of guilt, resulting in the lawyer suing the defendant. And if he takes the admission of guilt across second, he will need to return to get the lawyer, resulting in the admission of guilt being signed by the defendant. The dilemma is solved by taking the lawyer or the admission of guilt over and bringing the defendant back. Now he can take the admission of guilt or the lawyer over and finally return to fetch the defendant. His actions in this solution are summarized in the following steps. 
Take the defendant over. Return. Take the admission of guilt over. Return with the defendant. Take the lawyer over. Return. Take the defendant over. Thus, there are seven crossings, four forward and three back. Things start exploding. Ultima Obachan is pinned against the far wall as documents and law books spin all around the room in a tornado. At the center of it, Primrose slowly raises a single finger and immediately all of the movement in the room stops. Ultima Obachan straightens her whatever old Japanese women wear and goes to sit down. Well, Miss Primrose, I think I've heard all I need to hear. Do your references check out? Yes, his name is Rex and he's a dog person, so he understands animal rights laws from years of hard living. Sounds good. You can expect to hear from us shortly. Thank you. I'm sorry. Is Mr. Bengoshi Akuma here? I've heard of his work and I'm a big fan. I'm afraid Bengoshi Akuma is unavailable at this moment. He is currently focusing on a special project that requires... Commitment. Damn. Okay. I understand. I hope you have a good day. Primrose gathers her things and walks outside. The sun is shining and the day looks amazing. She smiles. I hope everyone's plan went as well as mine did. Cut to Rash at a clothing store holding 20 t-shirts and a hose. That'll be 200 yen or whatever. Oh, this is gonna cost me money! No! He drops it all and turns to leave. Meanwhile, back on the campus at the dog catcher school, Inutaro is breathing heavily, with scratches all over him and blood dripping from cool-looking cuts on his face. These cats, their tornado attack is fierce. They basically form a tornado by moving really fast, and they send scratches flying everywhere, cutting me dozens of times in a single move. I've got to think if I intend to catch these beasts. Think. Think! What would my father say? Harp music and shit that twinkles, and you know for sure that this is another one of Inutaro's famous family flashbacks, coming at you hot, live and direct. Cut to Inutaro's father, covered in completely different wounds. Animal scratches, he's got a knife in his ass, a hand wound from slicing an avocado with an incorrect technique. Some menacing looking little guy is slowly pouring acid out of a bucket onto his head. Listen, Inutaro! Listen closely. If your enemy is faster than the eye can see, then the only solution is to box them in. Our family comes from a long line of basically ninjas and stuff, and we can do crazy moves that ordinary people can't. If we just put our mind to it, small, quick things can be contained by attacking from the sky itself. I don't think that one is too cryptic. You should be able to figure it out. By the way... Do you know where the nearest hospital is? On second thought, never mind, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Cut back to Inutaro breathing hard in the quad. The sky itself. The sky. Skyscraper. Scraping. Scrape. Scratch. DJ. Disc jockey. Horse jockey. Horse stables. Horse meat. No. Back to the horse stables. Stable family life. Family, family dinner. Family chores. Chores. Laundry. Laundry basket. I know what to do. 
Fluffy-san, Mitten-san, and Whiskers-san are lazily napping and licking their paws, completely unconcerned with what Inutaro is doing as he runs around gathering things around him. He settles down into a battle position and stares at the cats. Nikotachi, look at me! The cats still ignore him. Whatever, that's not part of the rules anyway. Here goes nothing. Inutaro crackles with powerful energy as he grabs three laundry baskets from behind him and tosses them dramatically into the air. He is yelling the whole time despite the fact that laundry baskets are not heavy. He then leaps into the air, leaving a small impact crater and flies up into the air vertically, placing himself right next to the multiple laundry baskets. Tengoku no jail! Heaven's jail, go! Inutaro comes crashing down to the ground at light speed, carrying one of the laundry baskets, and it comes right down on Fluffy-san, capturing him immediately. The cat struggles to no avail, and Inutaro jumps immediately back into the air a split second after landing. He then immediately comes down with another basket. Mitten-san has some time to react and begins darting to the side, but Inutaro traps him with his arms stretched out before leaping back into the air. Uh, this is my destiny! Not this part specific, but the larger whole of events that are going on here! Inutaro comes down with the last laundry basket, looking down at the ground at Whiskers-san, who is zigzagging at near light speed in the quad. Inutaro tracks him like he was a Slayer missile and traps the last legendary cat with a flourish. Ah! I have broken through another barrier! I will get stronger forever! Rex appears suddenly on the quad without being detected. Well, well. Looks like the cat's in the bag now. Or the laundry basket. This technique will serve you nicely on your dog-catching missions, just so long as you learn to power it up for the larger size of the average canine. Rex gathers the three legendary cats and throws them aggressively into the back of his Fraser-themed van and locks it. I think you're almost ready for the confrontation with Ben Goshiakuma. And speaking of, here comes Primrose. Hey, were you guys talking about Ben Goshiakuma? That's right. Did you get the job? They just called me to offer the job. I didn't manage to speak with Akuma, though. They say he's out of the office on some important duty. What about you? I have broken through yet another barrier to my abilities. At this rate, I will be a god by my thirties. Try your best, Inutaro-san. Hey, there's Rash. His plan must have gone really wrong, because he's naked. <laughs> Something go wrong in your plan? What? What plan? If it wasn't a plan thing, why are you naked? Oh, I struck out again, man. I was looking for chicks at that office building that I saw that had a female energy to it. I thought that if a woman saw me naked, then I could convince her that it would only be fair if I saw her naked. I remember now that I did have some sort of other disgusting plan, but I forgot it. Be that as it may, the battle with Bengoshi draws ever nearer. Hey, I'm the new kid. What are you guys' names? Huh? huh? A new student has approached the group, who might be familiar to some of the more wily listeners. This student appears to be wearing a very oversized style of hat. I recognize you for the big dance. That hat is inimitable. My name is Usotsukiyo. I'm new in town. Usotsukiyo. Inutaro says nothing, but sniffs the air suspiciously. Usotsuki notices his hesitancy and leans in and begins talking. I am looking for friends. 
I was wondering if you could all show me your daily schedules so that I could see which of us could be great friends more better. We're not really in class here anymore. We kind of graduated but keep hanging around for some reason. So I don't think that makes any sense. <laughs> hey, I'm Rash. Sorry that I'm naked. Should I tell everyone again why I'm naked? Interesting. I might be graduated too. So my schedule is really wide open, just like yours. That seems very convenient for you. Where did you come from? I come from a small, hard-working neighborhood in downtown Tokyo. The kind of place where no one locks their doors and everyone shares and bakes pies for each other. The kind of place with spacious room for a roller rink and a quarry. The biggest event of the week? That's the high school football game. The Tokyo Cornhuskers always made us proud. Because it's root, root, root for the home team. That sounds pretty identical to my upbringing in New York City. Except our team was the New York Tanukis, and we always rooted for the home team. Rash and Usotsuki immediately grasp in a mercenary-style handshake where they grab each other's forearms because they bonded over rooting for the home team. As they do, Pamela enters, puffing away on her iconic cigar. Well, well, well. Hate to say this, Inutaru, but it looks like Tokyo Dog Catching High School, or whatever we're in, now has not only one, but two pieces of high-grade man beef. Look at you. Pamela pats Usotsuki on the arm and smiles. I'd like to put you in my oven for four hours at 300 degrees. Pamela-san, that is completely inappropriate. Oh, look, everyone. That 220-pound cut of chiseled beef that we all know isn't just a sex toy. It's got a mouth and it can talk. You think I weigh 220 pounds? I'm like 160 tops. Be that as it may, I'd like to blend up some oregano, onions and garlic and orange juice and let you sit in my fridge for 48 hours. And then guess what? I'd cook you just like that other guy. Figuratively, of course. Pamela Chan is so forthright. Hey, Pamela, how's about we ride in your 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner Hemi back to my place and make out on the couch to Jimmy Eat World's Clarity? Why the fuck are you naked right now? We're just monkeys spinning on a rock in space. Hey, by the way, now that you've seen me naked, doesn't it kind of feel like you owe me to let me see you naked? Could you stop grabbing your nuts with both hands when you talk to me? I'd love to stick around and listen to more of these disgusting improprieties, but I have a real job and I must be going. Oh, where are you working? You've probably never heard of it. It's a fancy law firm in downtown Tokyo. All of the chairs in the office cost like $900 each, and we get free Panera sandwiches for lunch. Wow, and to think I am merely a humble dog catcher and know nothing of that world. Anyway, later, I should get going too. I have some student stuff I gotta do on the campus. Nah, that sounds about right, you know, for a new student that he is. You know, a new student with no ulterior motives. Oh yeah, I hate ulterior motives. Anyway, bye-bye. It was great meeting you all, and I hope to learn a lot about you. Why don't I show you around? I hope cigar smoke doesn't bother you. You seem like one of those hot, dumb guys. Cigar smoke doesn't bother me. Heck, you got one of those suckers for me? I like to light them up and suck them down like push pops. Well, okay, Fred Flintstone. 
Maybe if you're lucky, I'll let you get the tip-in in the school smoker's lounge. Oh yeah, me and you, we could write a love story for the ages. And this love story, it's a porno. Pamela hooks her arm around Usotsuki's and they walk off together. As they walk away, Inutaro is glaring the entire time at Usotsuki. Primrose watches Inutaro stare at them incredulously. Whoa, you're staring pretty hard, Inutaro. I didn't think that the big man on campus himself could get so jealous of a new guy. No, no, it isn't that. Something's up with that guy. Oh, please, stop making stuff up. That was a very average, inconspicuous teenage boy who just happens to be wearing an enormous hat. You could lose a Malaysian plane in there. Pause for 11 to 15 seconds of hard laughing. (laughs) 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 Oh, you you mean like Pharrell-san? You know, with all the cigar smoke, maybe my nose is bugging out. But I swear that guy smells like sulfur. You're just jealous of him because you like Pamela. You like her and not other girls who are better students, more loyal, have bigger scythes, and have experience in active combat scenarios. But I don't care at all. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to storm out of here, but don't think it's because I'm upset. I have to go to my job and do my work. Primrose grabs all of her stuff in a rush and begins to run away while crying quite loudly. I'm gonna go find some sweats to put on. Uh, This angle ain't working and I don't want to get another ticket. One more and the cops said they're gonna have to legally tattoo pants on you. (laughs) All cops are bacas. Pause for 40 seconds of laughter. (laughs) 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 Say, how do we get out of this scene? Cut to Primrose sniffling as she walks through the doors of the law office. Ultima Obachan is there, crocheting a big sweater or whatever it is that old people do when they aren't just watching TV. Oh dear, what's wrong? Tell Obachan. Oh, it's nothing. I was just crying. About what? I have a ton of life experience, and I bet I could help. Well... It's about a guy. Oh, at your age, dearie, say no more. Here's what you do. When you turn about 23, 24, you should marry a guy who is 40-something. That way, he dies before you. You get a ton of money. And by that point, you're only like 37, 38. That's when you start banging a bunch of 20-year-olds yourself, drinking all hours of the night, having fun. After about two years of that, marry another guy. You're going to outlive that guy, too. But you'll probably be too old to have that kind of fun then. So you'll probably just end up sitting by a pool for a decade and then you die. Pretty good, right? I I don't think that really works in this situation. None of that sounds very fun to me. Well, that's the only advice I have. So you can either follow it or not. Well, that's fair, I think. Just remember it. Whatever guy it is that you have a crush on, he's probably just like everybody else that grows up crushes on at that age. He's strong. He has a nice jawline. Is super dumb. Probably is a great football player or dog catcher or something. He probably hits all his free throws and has a great sense of smell. 
I wouldn't even be surprised if he has an underglow on his Mitsubishi Lancer. But look here. He's going to end up like they all do. Fat, bloated alcoholic sitting on the couch watching the same sports center for the second time. Twice as dumb as he was before. Just a big, fat, ugly sponge soaking up all the good times you could be having. Be that as it may, I can't shake my feelings on this guy. Yeah, he is dumb, but he's pure as the driven snow and as warm as the sunrise. Well, just speaking from experience here, I'm on husband number two. And let me tell you, this guy has one foot out the door of this life and the other one in the bucket, which he is about to kick. All that is to say he is about to die. And when he does, I'm out of here, sister. I'm on the next plane to Aruba, living up my twilight years of the sunset with a frozen marg in one hand and a vodka Red Bull in the other. And some 19-year-old male slut is doing a body shot off me. Would Inataro want to do a body shot off of me? Anyway, I said my piece. Let's forget all about that boy and take a two-hour lunch. Treat ourselves to some many petties. Slug down a few strawberry daiquiris at the downtown Tokyo CGI Fridays. Then close up shop early. I'd like that, Ultima Obachan. I'd really like that. But wouldn't Bengoshi Akuma be upset? Oh, he's going to be gone for a minute. Okay, well... I just need to grab my stuff from the other room and I'll be ready to go. Primrose walks into the hallway and sees the hat rack. There's a couple normal ones on there. There's like four different Dr. Seuss cat in the hat ones left over from last Friday's dress like Dr. Seuss day. And then there is a suspiciously large hat that she just can't place. That hat. Primrose stares at that hat. Something about it seems like something she should remember. She cocks her head to the side and thinks as hard as she can. Come, come, Primrose. TGI Friday's happy hour only goes from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., and we don't want to miss it. Big hat. I've seen a big hat before. I'm right on the edge of remembering right now as I look at it. Hey, Primrose, let's go. I don't have all day to wait for you to remember a thing about a hat. Stop whatever you're thinking right now. You're probably just thinking about the Jamiroquai Virtual Insanity music video. Even though you're so young, you probably relate to Pharrell's hat more so than Jamiroquai's big hat as a reference towards big hats. Uh, coming, Abachan. Primrose turns to leave the room. As she does, she makes one more glance back at the hat to try to remember. Nope, nothing. Primrose walks out of the room, and her and Ultima Obachan walk out the front door. Later, we cut to her inside of the TGI Fridays, surrounded by six platters of two-for-one buffalo chicken crisper dippers, jalapeno corn blasters with mango chutney ranch dipping sauce, and a basket that's just full of bacon. Now, don't you feel better, Primrose? Maybe a little. All right. I know what'll do the trick. Bartender. My friend here needs a 128-ounce extra spicy Bloody Mary with Red Devil Cayenne pepper sauce. Wow, that's a very large glass. And that Red Devil hot sauce? Devil? Akuma? Big glass. Big hat. Wait a minute. Big hat? Devil? Lawyer? No kid in school. Hat? Devil? Horns? 
big hat belongs to... I've got to warn the others! Primrose gets up in a hurry to leave. You young people, you're always in a rush. I'm sorry, Obachan. I have to leave. My friends are in danger. I understand. Go, my child. Primrose sprints out the door. As she leaves, a waiter arrives with six shots on a tray. Young people need to learn to calm down and enjoy the life around them. Ultima Obachan takes six shots in a row as fast as she can. Cut to Rash and Inutaro on the roof of the Tokyo Dogcatcher High School. So, back in my country, this is basically how we like to drink Budweiser's. You jam a key into the side of the can, and then you pop the top, and you drink it really fast before it spills. Budweiser? Now, Budweiser's like a barn beer. It's like an outdoors beer for if you're rowing or working out or standing around a fire. When you go to a bar, it's different. At a bar, you order these cool little shots. <laughs> Little shots at a bar. Yeah, porn star shots, slippery nipples, blowjob shots. A lot of them involve whipped cream. You got your lemon drops, your split legs, your Jaeger bombs, and your woo-woo shots. Basically, if I'm on the town, I just need a shot that I want to fuck. You drink whipped cream with alcohol? Girls seem to like it. But when you're hanging out outside or trespassing or whatever we're doing, Budweiser is the beer of choice for a regular American man. Budweiser-sama, I hope to do your beer justice to the matter that I drink it. Yeah, watch me. Get your key and shove it in the can wherever you want. That's the beauty of it. And get ready, because it's going to blast all over. Okay. I will do my best. Hey, guys. I thought I heard you up here. Wow, it's a new guy. What do you want? Well, uh, I... I was just wondering if you'd sign my yearbook. Shouldn't you be asking Pamela to sign your yearbook? I wanted to get away from Pamela for a second. She's really aggressive with her fingers, and her car smells like a VFW lodge. Okay, man. Well, uh, we were about to shotgun these Bud Diesels. You want to take a rip? You got Bud Heavy? Tuckers? Here? I mean, I don't have any nicknames for that beer. I've never had a beer before because I am pretending to be a high school student. There was something really weird about what he just said, but I can't place it. Tuckers? He calls them Tuckers? Huh? Anyway, yeah, my mom sent me a 30 rack and a care package from New York City. But it's illegal to send beer into Japan, so she had to hide it inside of a really big book. Wow. Your mom sounds really stupid, but drinking beer sounds cool. Let me see how it's done. Yeah, Inutaro was about to try it for the first time. G go ahead, man. Inutaro reaches into his pocket and grabs the keys to his Lancer. All of my training has been for this. He thrusts the key into the Budweiser can, then pops the top, but the powerful propulsion of the beer flying out of the can knocks it loose from his grip and sends the can careening across the roof bouncing off the concrete, then flying up and knocking off Usotskio's very big hat. We now see that he has two devil horns protruding from his head. Oh! That's right. It was me all along, Bengoshi Akuma. And I have tried Budweiser. And I think it sucks, because I'm an adult and I drink like, I don't know, Suntory whiskey or something. Rash points his gun at Akuma. Hey, take what you said about Budweiser back right fucking now or I'll blow your brains all over fucking Tokyo. I will have my fucking satisfaction. I can't believe I dropped that beer. If I can't hold on to a beer in a high pressure situation, how can I save my friends in battle? 
Oh, I don't think you'll be saving anyone anytime soon. You see, my plan is nearly complete. Oh, fuck. You've had a plan this whole time. We haven't had any plans at all. I got a plan. Let's fucking spread his brain across a fucking toast and eat it. Wait. He lowers Rash's gun. We can't kill him. We only have a license to kill dogs or those who aid and abet bad dogs. But as a lawyer, he keeps an airtight defense around him, legally speaking. Oh, I get it. If we do it, we must be in international waters. Yeah, but I've got a feeling that right now we're in hot water because this guy means business. <laughs> it would be easy for me to kill you right now. However, I have some important business to attend to. And if I spend 45 seconds killing you, I will be 45 seconds late for that. And it'll reflect poorly on me as a guy who is usually very punctual. So I think I will just kill you another time. Akuma, I'm coming for you. Suna no Jutsu. Rash and Akuma simultaneously throw sand in each other's eyes from the pockets of their sweatpants. They're evenly matched. Oh, fuck. Did I get him? Akuma brushing the sand from his eyes. Ah, you stole my move. Be that as it may, I was hoping you wouldn't see the full extent of my abilities yet, but it appears I have no choice. Bengoshi Akuma suddenly sprouts black scaly wings from his back. He leaps into the air and starts flying off into the sunset. You haven't seen the last of me, Inutaro. We will fight again. Hey, you didn't fight him. You fight me. Yeah, but you get the gist of it. You get what I was saying. Don't test me. Whatever. I'm going to my secret base now. Next time I see you, I will kill you. Just as Akuma flies off, Primrose comes running up the stairs to the rooftop. Rash! Inutaro! I saw Budweiser dripping from the roof and figured you must be up here. Oh, honestly, we're not even buzzed. Be that as it may, I have an important discovery to share. The mild-mannered student Usotsukiyo is actually... Bengoshi Akuma, we know. But how? He just left, but not after telling us about his plan. Plan? Well, he didn't say any details. He just said he has some kind of plan. That bastard! When I get my hands on him, I'm going to throw so much sand in his eyes. You know, but for now, I really need to take the edge off. Can you pass me one of those Budweiser's in Ataru? There's no time for that. Akuma has gained a terrible advantage over us. We don't even know where his secret base is located. I haven't managed to discover anything at his law office. Wait, what's that over there? Is that his backpack? He's the only student at Tokyo Dogcatcher High with a Peter Griffin backpack. Peterson. Primrose opens the main pocket and dumps everything out. This, this paper. <gasps> Look, it says... My secret base location. Do not read. <laughs> they say that starry decisis is the legal principle of determining points in litigation according to precedent. Well, we're about to set a new precedent. We are going to kill him. Yeah, this lawyer isn't very appealing. Is that one? Uh, maybe I could say something about his briefs. You know, lawyers have briefs and you can make that seem like his underwear. Maybe we could say that Bengoshi Akuma soiled his briefs. You know, like he shit his pants. I'm not saying that this is the joke, but this could be a jumping off point for a better joke. I have a feeling that court is about to be in session. But this time, Akuma won't be the lawyer. He'll be the defendant. And the plaintiff is my fist. And the judge is also me. 
and I will render a verdict that says he is guilty of being put to death by me. Maybe I could say like he has to go see like a hung jury. Like he wants to see a group of 12 angry men and like, I don't know, they all got big dicks. I don't actually know if he's gay or not, so I'm not sure if I'm being homophobic. But then again, this is all just a jumping off point. Okay, I think we've done enough of that. Maybe we should read the document that says we shouldn't read it. Okay, but read it out loud so we're all caught up at the exact same time. It says here, My secret base is located on the 99th floor of the tallest building in Tokyo. Also, that building has huge devil horns on it and is called Akuma Tower, after me. It is inside of Club Diablo, the hottest nightclub in Tokyo. If you want to find me, find the secret way to the hundredth floor and I will be waiting for you there. I don't know why I'm writing like this. When the only person I intend to read this note is myself. It ends there. Akuma, you bastard! Whoa, 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 don't storm off yet, Inataru. If we're going to take this guy on, we need to be ready. I have to walk to the beach to get more sand to put in my pocket. Okay. But then it's onward to the final showdown. Maybe Inataro would pay more attention to me if I was a demon. Guys, wait a minute. We're missing the big picture here. Huh? What do you mean? Think about it. He almost wanted his base to be found. He was spying on us and we really don't know why. And now we ran him out of school. Do you know what that means? No, Rash, please. Tell us what we are missing. You idiot! This means that Pamela doesn't like him anymore and she could stick her fingers in me instead! Rash runs downstairs holding his nuts with both hands. Primrose, we don't have much time. We must head to the final battle right now. Are you with me? <gasps> oh. They took a-